Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. Kids growing up in underserved communities face a lot of challenges, especially when it comes to food. Many of these areas are known as what's called a food desert, which means fresh, healthy food is not readily available to the people who live there, oftentimes requiring a long commute just to get to a decent grocery store. So Grow Orlando is an organization looking to make a change in those communities through farming and landscaping, giving kids access to fresh produce while teaching them financial and business skills as well. So to tell us all about Grow Orlando and its mission, we are joined today by the founder, Frank Bailey, thank you so much for joining oh, thanks, us. Thanks, Lisa. What an introduction. Well, it is My wonderful goodness. to have you here. You <laughs> it's good to be here. were raised in Orlando, yep. went to school yep. in Orlando. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background. How did you even get involved in something like this? Oh, man. Besides God telling me to do it, it's... Uh, I've been farming and landscaping my whole life, really. It started with going to my grandparents' house and eating green beans from her garden for the first time and being just blown away. It's like, what is this? It's like, oh, it's green beans. Like, why does it taste different than the ones we eat at home? I want this, you know? And so she took me out to her farm and then made me work. And so (laughs) (laughs) fast forward, my first job actually was starting a landscaping business with my father at 13 years old called F. Bailey Inc. Okay. And, you know, just typical story of a child going around getting lots to mow and I mean we turned it into an actual uh, business affair where we had equipment and started hiring people and um, when I started playing uh, football I couldn't stand the smell of grass I was tackling people in grass I was picking up grass I was like I can't do this anymore Um, and I thought I thought to myself you know that was a great learning experience a lot of work ethic involved and then I'm going to go pursue my passions, you know, music, basketball, um, and entrepreneurship. And I did that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, But when I was teaching, I found there was a lot of gaps in the education model. And it's very difficult to fill those gaps based on the the Common Core requirements, which are very necessary, mind you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of life skills lessons are being kind of slipping through the cracks or slipping through the cracks. So I thought... I we need to help fill those gaps, and I can't do it inside as a teacher. So I started um, pursuing opportunities to um, stretch my entrepreneurship wings, you know, and wanted to use land because it's a very high high commodity, and uh, didn't want to sell it because it I just it didn't didn't mesh with me at the time. So it's like, how do you turn land into money? It's like, oh. You're reaping and sowing. It's one seed will give you hundreds of plants. That's that's a great return. Let's do that. And we started doing that. We had farmers market stands and the YMCA's for for a little while, and we were test product testing products, and it was great. And we went to the Tangelo Park YMCA, and we were going to do an enrichment class in Tangelo Park. I don't know if you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we gave each student a plant, and we said, if you bring this plant back. In two weeks, we were going to teach them about health and teach them about wellness and teach them about the properties and the qualities of healthy food. We're like, you know what? No. The plant that you have has the, has the label on the pot that we gave it to you. It costs like 95 cents. So bring it back in two weeks. It will have grown, which means its value would have increased and you would have taken care of it. So that makes it uh, something that I'm in demand for. I'll pay you $2 for it. But if you tell me about it, 
tell me all the healthy qualities of it and you market it up a little bit. You could even repot it if you want. We'll negotiate. One student brought their plant back because they all forgot. It's two, two weeks later. We're talking eight years old to 18. And so we did a little shark tank thing in the front of the um, the room and he got three dollars and 25 cents because wow. yeah i mean supply was low and demand was high so <laughs> <laughs> and when students saw that there was actual like value. there was actual value being mm-hmm. transferred and, and and economy being created on this micro scale to their benefit mm-hmm. everybody had a plant the next week mm-hmm. some plants we've never seen before but they all knew about the plant. They were telling me about how healthy it was. They were telling me how I can cook it. They were telling, I mean, one student even went so far as to get his mother's clay pot and said, you know, Mr. Frank, this pot has sentimental value. And so I'm giving it to him. He's nine years old. And it's like, how do you know what sentimental means? Like, it's here, you know. And we are able to use those plants to, to resell and get at least get our money back. And if not, we use them in, in our farmland. So... It, it was a win-win, but at the same time, we didn't have to teach them anything. We just provided them with the opportunity. And so, oh, this is it. And so that's how Grow Orlando kind of came to be. I absolutely <laughs> love everything you just said. But it's so key. If no one ever shows you where your food comes from, yeah. how do you know? And if all you mm-hmm. think is that your food comes out of this bag or yeah. this box, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't know that those green beans actually started as a seed in the ground. Absolutely. And just that uh, ability to interact with your food that way and watch Mm -hmm. it grow obviously makes you curious and makes kids curious and makes them want to try all of this healthy food. But there's this big disconnect. We don't have gardens like they did, you Mm -hmm. know, 50 years ago or 40 years ago even. Mm -hmm. So how are you bridging that gap? Well, we're calling our students actually to your point, uh, stewards of creation, Mm -hmm. you know, because when they take a seed Mm -hmm. and they uh, give it life or they help provide it with everything it needs to become life and Mm -hmm. then they feed into it, they are feeling that that accountability and that responsibility being just kind of matured in front of them. It's like, I did that. And And it was so beautiful. It's such common sense, too. And not only are you helping their physical health, their Mm -hmm. nutrition and their physical health, but also the mental health. Yeah, we call farming, gardening, active meditation. I mean, because when you're out there, I mean, you're working hard, but some of the stuff that you're doing, you're, you're connecting with the earth. Mm-hmm. You're helping the plants that are going to provide you with either sustenance financially mm-hmm. or nutritionally. You're helping them with a better quality of life where it's at. And then having us say, OK, so how do you do that for yourself? And whenever a cloud comes by, because, you know, it's Florida, everybody stops. And we just breathe. And that's so important mm-hmm. to do. Um, we bridge that gap, um, going back to what you were asking, by seeing the market, seeing the local market. You know, it's like, so guys, who eats? It's like, well, everybody. Like, what do you eat? Food. Where does it come from? After a while, because <laughs> the grocery store, McDonald's, yeah. you know, right. say, yeah. no, where, does, where do they get it from? Where do they get it from? Where do they get it from? The earth. Okay. Yes. What do we have at our disposal? The earth. And, and, you know, we show them the local trends. You know, everybody wants to eat local. Right. All of our local farms are now subdivisions. Yes. So there's a big demand and the supply is going away. What can you do? Mm-hmm. What can we do? And you, and you, you said it's food deserts earlier. Um, we're starting to coin the term food apartheid now because a food desert 
implies that it's naturally occurring, mm-hmm. you know, because a, a desert is a natural occurrence in the, in the environment. And I don't think um, lack of food access is naturally occurring in these socioeconomic communities. Mm-hmm. And also there's such an opportunity for uh, variety and vibrance within those communities of food that um, them not being brought to the forefront and like you were talking about transportation, Having to go to a location that has the type of food that you want and needing a needing a vehicle to do so. You know, I, I live cl- like two minutes away from a Publix or an Aldi's. I can walk there. Mm-hmm. And I also have a garden in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I can pick from that whenever mm-hmm. I need to. Um, but these students don't have the opportunity. So we want to be able to bring that to the community and say, hey, community, um, what do you want? You know, let's engage with them. And a lot of food deserts, you'll find either, especially the Caribbeans or the Asians, um, the the Easterners, their backyards chock full of gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we we saw that, and we're like, oh, the, and these are foods that you won't see in a regular grocery store. You know, like Kalalu. The only the only place I saw Kalalu in a Publix is in a can in the ethnic food aisle. Mm-hmm. You know, where, whereas. Um, Mrs. Johnson in a backyard, she has an entire grove of Kalalu, and it's fresh right there. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I've never heard of it before. It's basically Caribbean spinach meets kale kind of. Okay. Yeah. I love it, but I'm, I found out I'm allergic. Okay. It's sad. <laughs> it's not a, not a good day in my life. But, uh, but yeah, so we, we want to be able to bring a food sovereignty, give them the access to be able to make an equitable change through food Mm -hmm. and through nutrition um, for themselves, for their community, and then for the surrounding community as well. Because when a rising tide raises all ships. So since many people don't have the opportunity to have a backyard garden, uh, perhaps they live in an apartment or Mm -hmm. a condo or whatever, are you providing that space for people? So we're really excited. This Mm -hmm. year we're... partnered with St. Luke's United Methodist Church, Orlando Baptist Temple, um, in talks with um, people like Universal, some family farms, um, like the Oxford Farm. And we're getting in touch with a couple of farm directors to use unutilized land space and church and community land to retrofit it to be a micro farm. And we're we're creating a network of that Mm -hmm. so that way we can help support that farm network. Um, that micro farm. So, which I love that because there are mm-hmm. organizations that are looking uh, that do micro farms. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the cost associated for those organizations? Are you taking? Are you just taking it over and say, "Hey, let me use your land and I'll come and plant this and turn it into a micro farm"? Or no. do people have to pay to participate? So, I'll give you an example: Orlando Baptist Temple. Mm-hmm. They are on Powers North Powers Drive in between Silver Star and Claricona Coy. They agreed to be a part of our micro farm network. It's their farm. Mm-hmm. It's, it can't be our farm because there has to be ownership within the community. Um, and so we we come in with our experts. So we come in with uh, some beginning funding from No Kids Hungry grant that we got earlier this year. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we do some community canvassing. Mm-hmm. We say, hey. What does the community want? Let's engage the community in what's going on. Um, there was, there, we had a, a cleaning day last Thursday, and it wound up being, there was like 30, 30 kids, wow. um, seven adults, and we were all out there um, just clearing out the land and talking about what's going on. Um, then what we do 
we talk with them about what they want to grow. We talk with the community about what they want to grow. We want to engage the youth particularly in the youth programs Mm -hmm. to say, we're going to teach you Mm -hmm. how to grow it. We're going to show you how to grow it. You're going to help us grow it. And then you're going to grow it yourselves while the food that's being grown is going towards that church's mission. That church's mission could be to feed the homeless or it could be to create a a sustainable uh, farm for missions or what have you. So we would sell the produce to the community. Actually, technically, the community is selling it to themselves because the youth are going to be the ones that are growing it or the farm, the farmers that we source from that community are going to be the ones growing it and selling it to the community and to our other network partners that we sell to in restaurants and grocery stores and what have you. And portion of that comes back to us so that we can continue operations. Most of it goes back to they get paid for growing the food. And the church gets paid for um, for having the site there, mm-hmm. and they can use those those funds for whatever they want. Um, it could be for missions, it could be for capital advancements, it could be for the elderly. It's up to them. Um, and then what we do is we basically share resources between micro farms. So we're um, under negotiations with a memorandum of understanding with Shepherd's Hope, and Shepherd's Hope is a health clinic. So their focus is health and wellness. And so most of the food that we're going to grow there is going to be uh, high price, high, high price commodities like mm-hmm. ginger and turmeric and things like ginseng, stuff like that. And it's going to be completely different than Orlando Baptist Temple, which might mm-hmm. want to focus on mental health yeah. and leadership. It's amazing to see, you know, what you guys are doing. And I know it seems in the past five years or so, there seems to be kind of like this grassroots effort, no pun intended, of various All the puns. Yeah, you know, right? I know. (laughs) Uh, But like there's four roots in Orlando that's trying to do something similar where they are sharing the produce with local schools and Mm -hmm. trying to partner with local schools to Mm -hmm. teach kids about where the food comes from. And there is such a need for Mm -hmm. this healthy sort of produce. There, I can't imagine you're managing this, though, all by yourself. So are you? Not anymore. No. Okay. No. Who's helping you? <laughs> we have uh, Embar Payne, who's helping me out a lot. We also have uh, Bianca Ephraim as our farm director. We have uh, Hannah Murphy. Mm-hmm. She's our kind of design architect. And are these all volunteers? No. Yeah. Now oh, they're actually paid now. Okay. We have paid workers yeah. actually helping. We also have a lot of strong volunteers mm-hmm. from St. Luke's. Um, like uh, Sue Jesse, she's a retired VP from Lockheed Martin, and Amy Winslow and um, Hope Sherman, uh, Mariam Meningiste. Well, what I have discovered is obviously living in Florida, yeah. the opportunity to have a garden year round That's is right. wonderful. It's great. Um, and there are so many people who are expert gardeners yes. who love to just volunteer and mm-hmm. may not want it in their own backyard but oh, love yeah. to help out others like skip and andrea carter and st luke's has is our first farm site and there's mm-hmm. two uh, thousand square foot farm out there right wow. now with the sprouts house mm-hmm. and um we've just transitioned transitioned that to be volunteer run still student focused um but these other farm sites as well they're each gonna. They're each individual. They are each independent. Mm-hmm. However, through their independence, we can create an interdependence that'll hopefully build community resiliency, and um, uh, neighbors looking after each other. So, if we get ten cubic yards of compost, we can distribute that to whoever needs it instead of everybody 
fighting for the same funding, we can work on it together. So if someone has a space mm-hmm. or has extra time and would like to volunteer their gardening services or has extra compost. Oh, how, bring it on. Right. How do Come they contact on. you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can contact <laughs> me. At, <laughs> just go on Facebook, uh, uh-huh. Grow Orlando Inc. Um, Instagram, grow underscore Orlando, groworlando.com. Also, Grow It Forward has a Facebook as well. Um, there is, and that you should find us out there. Uh, my name's Frank Bailey. Mm-hmm. Not too many Frank Baileys look like me, so <laughs> go on go on Facebook and you'll see me there. Now, what's the reaction been like once you've gone into these communities from mm-hmm. people who live there and who maybe are benefiting now from this fresh mm-hmm. produce that's growing, you know, right down the street from where they live? Yeah, no, they love it. I, um, I'm trying to meet the capacity of the need for um, youth employment mm-hmm. um, through things like this because it's healthy, um, it's wealthy, it's wise. We're starting, we're working together with uh, Jeff Wynn and Angie Wynn to create a financial literacy business where 10% of, because all of the students that work with us are contracted, mm-hmm. um, but we're transitioning to where they're food entrepreneurs. And 10% of whatever funding they get is going to go towards an actual fund that each student has shares in, mm-hmm. um, equal to the amount they distribute. And that'll be where they get their wealth management. Um, the community loves it. I mean, we have, um, we have food that they actually want, mm-hmm. you know, instead of food that, you know, whatever is available. Um, it is a challenge to get people to understand seasons you know, it's probably yeah. not a good idea to eat blueberries in November in Florida because we don't know where they came from. <laughs> right. And they yeah. probably don't taste the same as they would in March yeah. because that's when they're plucked here. You know, and so having diversity in your plate is really important. And I tell you, a lot of the people that come out to farm and they bring their kids and or the youth that are working for volunteers or um, being paid vegetable has been ingrained in their brain to be disgusting Mm -hmm. but when they they see it and then they try it like wait this is this is different this tomato tastes a lot sweeter than the tomatoes i'm used to it's like well that's because it's still alive when you put it in your mouth it is amazing what a difference that can make in the minds of Mm -hmm. little young eaters oh my gosh when they can be a part of the cultivation of Fruits and so speaking of little young eaters, uh-huh. oh man, I'm so glad you said that. Cherie with and Pastor Anthony with the Finding the Lost Sheep, the Impact Center, they're working with Maxie Elementary School and the parents of those elementary school students to do a gardening program. And they are also signed on to the Micro Farm Network. So it's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. But they have a large uh, trailer that we're going to grow mushrooms in. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the financial sustainable arm. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to help train teach them how to grow their own food and teach them how to make garden boxes and they can go out and sell it to the neighbors and stuff but really then they can make their own they can make the healthiest food that they want Mm -hmm. and i I mean we picked an onion yesterday to put into our and celery and corn and oh it's just so good it is amazing and you know you are a former public school teacher um and this seems so basic to so many people. Mm. Oh, go work in the garden, plant some vegetables. But again, we talked about it earlier, the benefits mm-hmm. of spending that one-on-one time yep. with, you know, a parent or a grandparent, whatever, outside mm. doing this and then eating that healthy food is just such a huge win-win. You mentioned also, though, some of your partners and some of your donations mm-hmm. and uh, grants that you've yes. received. A big one has come from Universal. 
Well, Universal uh, was able to come in and provide us with a lot of uh, produce and starter, starter plants. Mm-hmm. Um, they're helping us with some training for some of our um, professional development on the back end. Um, they're coming out to view some of our um, our activities, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to what you said with the seeming so basic, um, there's a big need right now for for landscapers, for um, irrigation specialists, for the agricultural community. And the industry in Florida is the second largest in America. Mm-hmm. And the last time I checked, it was at $21 billion. Yeah. And um, and when you tell kids about the amount of money they can yeah, make yeah. being an irrigation specialist. Abs- oh, my gosh. They're like, really? Yes. A lot of my students are, I'd say three of them are halfway through their welding degree mm-hmm. right now because they found out about it through the technical school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, actually, no, every single successful person I've ever talked with or interviewed, I'm going to ask you, what was your first job? My first job or was... the first thing, yeah. I worked at a fast food place. You worked. Yes. In the food industry. Yes. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> and then I worked at a grocery store. Oh, well, yes. there, there it is. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Andy Sheeter is on my board. He, he um, owns the Crooked Can. Uh-huh. I said, what is the first thing you ever did? It's like, oh, I was in my granddad's his garden. I was like, how big was this? Okay. I had five acres. It's like, that's not a garden, yeah. you know? And they, you, you talk, talk to anybody mm-hmm. who's made it far along and you ask them what their first jobs were. It's something yeah. that de- the developed yeah. work ethic. I used to mow my parents' lawn oh, yeah. and help in the garden, but mm-hmm. I didn't get paid for it. Well, that was just what yes, you're you going to do. You, you had clothing. Okay. You okay. Mom food. and dad. I- <laughs> You know what they're saying, right? Yeah. It's like, you want you want to eat tonight? Yes. You know? uh-huh. um, they they let you go to your friend's uh-huh. house. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. You Never know? mind. The value exchange. <laughs> value exchange. That's all. It just wasn't monetary. Right. So you guys have been growing so much. What is yes. next for Grow Orlando? We're actually see- we're going to be seeking to meet the demands of potential that we have laid access to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our first year going for funding you know we wanted to make sure that it works yeah and so in the beginning it was like if the program works it'll pay for itself Mm -hmm. and it it does Mm -hmm. and so now we have to meet the demands um maintain and develop new partnerships Mm -hmm. um current partnerships former partnerships i talked with john rivers um Mm -hmm. gosh that was January of 2019, mm-hmm. when, when the Four Roots Farm was coming about, he said, you know, we have a big, they have a big demand to fill with Advent Health and right. Four, Root, Four Rivers and I think it's uh, Food and Nutrition Services. It's like, would you be, would you be able to grow some food to help supplement our needs? It's right. Like, yes. Of course we can, because that not not only will benefit us, but now we can provide more opportunity mm-hmm. to the people that we're teaching how to do this to be a part of the industry, like lucratively. Right. And that, that's to us is so important. And some people are afraid of partnerships, but mm. I mean they can be so beneficial. It and this be. is a perfect yeah. example of Absolutely. how there is huge need, and you got to work with a lot mm-hmm. of people to. And they make have it all technical happen. training that we can um, complement with yeah. as well. They uh, we're in places they're not. They're in places we're not, mm-hmm. and so um, I think it's. And I don't, you know, as long as the missions align and we're able to help the people, uh, provide them with opportunity and experience, not just, you know, education, 
um, then that's really what's important. You know, if somebody's in a hole, I can put I can put food in the bucket and put the bucket down there for them to eat, mm-hmm. or I can give them a ladder. I'd like to do both. You know, mm-hmm. so let's see if we can make that happen. Well, Frank Bailey with Grow Orlando, thank you so much for joining us on Florida Foodie. Yes, we wish you the best, and we know we're probably going to be hearing about you a lot in the future and seeing you all over the place, making a big difference. Let's make it. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Hey, you out there, if you haven't, go check out Norman the Gnome. It's a children's (laughs) book. It has changed. That was not requested by me. No, it wasn't. What? What do you mean? And I didn't ask you to say that. How do you know Norman the Gnome? Uh, Oh, okay. No, it is a great book. That was fun. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Channel 6. Thanks, uh, Florida Foodie. Uh, Thanks, Mom. Love you. Please (laughs) please stop posting this over and over again. Just one time is good. I love you. Bye, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) You'll love her. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Frank Bailey, from Grow Orlando. You can find Grow Orlando online at groworlando.org or on Facebook, search for Grow Orlando, Inc. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or search Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us. You can find videos of all of our podcasts at clickorlando.com slash podcasts. And to stay up on all the latest foodie news, head to clickorlando.com slash Florida Foodie.